Hello, everyone. This is Don Pearson. We just held our Ignition Community Conference last month, and while I was unable to host the podcast during the event, our marketing content writer, Lauren, graciously stepped in and conducted several interviews with our attendees at ICC, one of which you're about to hear. Today's episode is with Alex Marcy and Jason Hamlin from Corso Systems. Corso is on the cutting edge of integration in various industries. They are a premier integrator with inductive automation and a vital member of the Ignition community, combining the perspectives of an end user and integrator to build solutions and relationships with customers. In addition to sharing experiences from the conference, their discussion today includes stories about founding the company, getting Ignition certified, hiring a diverse team to tackle customer needs, managing integrator vendor relationships, pushing the limits of new technology, an upcoming oil and gas project, as well as fun personal ignition project. This is Inductive Conversations with Lauren Walters and our guests, Alex and Jason from Corso Systems. Hello, and welcome to Inductive Conversations. I'm Lauren Walters, subbing in for Don Pearson. We're here today at ICC 2019, and we're sitting down with Alex Marcy and Jason Hamlin from Corso Systems. So guys, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Can you both just introduce yourselves and tell us a little about your roles at the company? Yeah, I'm Alex Marcy. I'm the president and founder of Corso Systems. Jason Hamlin. I'm a senior systems engineer. Uh, senior because I happen to be the oldest employee in the company right now. <laughs> Very nice. That's a good way to get a title. Isn't it? <laughs> well, thank you so much for being with us today. How has ICC been? It's been a blast. Last year was my first ICC and this year has, has surpassed that in every way. Wow. That's I awesome. would say the same. Yeah. Last year was my first and this year has been even better. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, we love having you guys here. So thanks for coming. So to start, Alex, can you talk a little bit about Corso and um, kind of your role within Corso as well as founding the company. Sure. Um, so back in 2011, I was working for an integrator that I'd been with for a few years and they had gotten bought out by a public company and moved kind of from a, share, a customer focused culture to a shareholder focused culture because that's what they had to do. And it kind of changed how it was to work at the company. And I felt like you know, I want to go back to being customer focused. I've always been in like a customer service job since I worked at a grocery store when I started out with my first job. And, you know, I really hold, hold that dear to my heart to like really work with customers and make their lives better. I was in Reno, Nevada at the time and felt like I worked at the best integrator in town. I don't really want to go elsewhere and I felt like a step down. And uh, I was talking to my now wife and she's like, if you don't start a company now, you're never going to do it because you're going to wait until you know enough to feel comfortable doing it and you're always going to have an excuse and like you're young and you can do it now. So try it out. And worst case, you can get a job somewhere else. So I started up uh, out on my own in 2011 and went through a couple iterations and worked with a couple different people to to get that off the ground and, and help with sales and marketing and things and got to 2015 and incorporated what is now Corso Systems. And in 2016, hired, hired my first employee. So it was just kind of freelancing by myself for a little while and have been growing ever since. Wow, that's an awesome story. And Jason, how did you come to find uh, Corso Systems? I know that there's a bit of an ignition connection there. A little bit. I, I met these guys in person last year at ICC, actually. Uh, I was an end user, come from water wastewater background and multi-industry construction, industrial construction prior to that. 
I loved what I did. I loved my role as an end user. Always going to be thankful to that company. Um, I hit some personal life changes, which made sense to grow and professionally was looking for a challenge. I uh, had, had a few integrators that I had spoken with and definitely some friends in the industry. And Alex had spoken to me and offered some really interesting challenges, incentives, ideas of things that we could do. It was enticing and exciting. I said, this is, this looks amazing. And that common connection of Ignition, um, he actually later joked with me that he watched me present at ICC and made the decision that he would have hired me then. Well, that's really neat. And how has it been for you guys to kind of work together coming from this shared background? We fight like cats and dogs. <laughs> so I have an end user perspective and Alex has an integrator perspective. So there's an interesting yin and yang sometimes. It's, it's always a balance of should we attack this way or how should we approach this? And he leans heavily on me and then throws away everything I say and does what he wants because he's the owner. <laughs> I guess that's how it goes sometimes. And Alex, how did you initially find Ignition, this kind of connection between the two of you? So I originally found Ignition in 2009, and I was working for this the integrator I worked for before Corso. And my boss said, go to inductiveautomation.com and download this product. I think it was version 4.1 at the time. Install it, and we have a project that we're doing. And figure it out. Like you're, you've picked up some software before, just like make it happen. So I went and downloaded it and was like, oh man, it runs in trial mode. I don't have to figure out how to license this right away. That's amazing. And I can connect to a PLC and a database immediately. And it just like instantly clicked for me. So started working with it in 2009, um, did a couple projects there with it. And then when I started out on my own and was looking for how am I going to angle myself and, and my company in the industry and who am I going to try and partner with? It made the most sense because at the time it was still a very young upstart company. And I went and, you know, put my info in, joined the integrator program. About five minutes later, Shane Miller called me and was like, Hey man, how's it going? And we started a, a relationship and I went through and got the, I went through and got the core certification. Once I got that approved, I got the gold certification and it was the first week that the MES certification had been released ever at that point. And I thought, oh my God, if I can get this done right away, I could be the first one to get it because nobody else has it yet. So I went through and I finished it over the weekend and I just put in a couple like 12 hour days and my wife was like, you're insane. I'm like, I want to be first. <laughs> so I went through and got the MES certification, submitted it. And then the next day they released the first batch. I was not first, but. Oh no, I'm yeah. sorry to hear. Well, it sounds like it was a, a well-deserved almost victory, but that is a great story. And it's interesting to hear you mention distinguishing yourself often in integration. And maybe you both can speak to how Corso kind of distinguishes itself and that plays into how you market yourself. How do you reach customers? How do you sell? What, what's your guys' perspective on that? Diversity. So we have employees with backgrounds in linguistics, physics, some still working on their degrees, industrial construction like myself. Uh, it brings a very unique blend of skills to the table. So we, we have an ability to analyze processes and customer needs from a multitude of eyes. And I think that gives us our biggest strength. Yeah, it's really about finding a diverse group of people with different backgrounds. And it's not, I went to Rose Holman and I have a 4.0 GPA and I went to school for mechanical engineering. And I mean, we do have somebody who went to Rose Holman, but it's 
it's not about you you look like me and you think like me and you are a, an exact replica of myself come work for the company it's i want you because you're different and you you help corso and you help our customers experience processes and procedures and software and culture differently because you see the world differently and that helps us really just build a, an awesome company that people want to come work for and you know doing things like having remote work so we can have people that you know, don't want to necessarily move to Chicago or DC or Bakersfield, California for five months. Um, they can come work for the company and stay at home. It were really great for families. You know, if you have kids or you need to have a doctor's appointment, it's not, oh, I got to take a day off to schedule things. It's, you know, be flexible and, and all of that. And it's also about empowering our employees to really have the skills and tools that they need to, to accomplish their jobs and, and work with customers and, you know, really help our customers succeed and, much in the same way that we're helping manufacturing companies do what they do better, we apply that same methodology to our own company. So like we really practice what we preach and I think it works out really well. I think it does. A little bit of a shot at Bakersfield, but that's okay. It's an, in, it's an internal joke to somebody else who was on a podcast who I won't name, but he'll listen. <laughs> well, I can't wait for them to hear. No offense to our Bakersfield listeners no <laughs> none, at all. none at all <laughs> i actually love bakersfield i'm the one out there right now oh are I've, you i have come to really enjoy it so jason you've had a diverse range of experience and we touched on this earlier coming from an end user background and now you're in this integration position it sounds like that's created some change in perspectives maybe for corso as a company which maybe you could speak to in a moment but for you what was that shift like and how do you approach projects it was an interesting shift. So thankfully, I had a construction background. So I was at least familiar with the idea and concepts of working with multiple customers. I was a project manager right up until I left and went to the city. But with the city, I, I had ownership of a single entity, right? I had one customer, my boss. I had many, many projects, but they were all mine to own and manage and my own timelines. I only had to ever answer to one person. That's a big shift when you go to managing and working with multiple customers and splitting your time up. Um, it is a different perspective. Integrators as a whole tend to have a bad mark because they've, they've been shown as pushy in sales. Right? We, we do. We live on money. We live on billable hours. You have to do that. But there's still ways to add true value and not brand yourself as, as that pushy salesperson. And... Coming from that background, I couldn't stand when that would happen to me. So the biggest thing I think I've loved is Alex and, and others on the team listening when I say this is this is a way to approach that would have worked on me. Um, so at least I have a little bit of credibility in that respect. <laughs> so sounds like a different perspective on customer approach and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, for me, it was more and the part I always struggled with coming from a technical background and not a sales background was how do I sell myself and how do I feel comfortable? You know, people are looking to buy what we do as an integrator. How do I convey that, that it's okay and like feel comfortable and not sleazy and like be okay with that. And, and Jason really helps understand how like we can run through having a conversation as, you know, put your end user hat on. I'm going to try and go through this presentation. Tell me where it feels that way. And like, where is it me diving too deeply into the technical details and like, how do we structure things differently just so it makes sense to you? And, you know, it, it helps us grow and understand without looking strictly at the data because, you know, the sales process is more 
emotional and interaction with people and like psychological that coming from a technical background, it's like, it's easy to analyze the data and figure everything out. So that really helps. And I think, you know, to allude to what you were talking about with not being really pushy, it's, you know, like the community collective, uh, Jason was on the board for that when he worked for the water wastewater plant I still am. and is still now on the board. Yes, Thankfully yes. they allowed him as, as an integrator to stay. And, you know, I wanted to be a part of something like that. And that didn't exist until last year at ICC. So once it was there, it was like, I really want to be a part of this. Part of their thing is we don't want typical integrators trying to come here and sell a bunch of stuff. So it's how do we participate in that environment without being salesy? And part of the way that we found to do that is participate in their value packages program. Um, Travis Cox asked for some support with the website. So it's, hey, I'll donate my time to help out with the website. And, you know, maybe it's paying it forward a little further ahead than we might if we were an end user, but, you know, put the, put our best foot forward. And if people want to work with us through that, great. But the goal is to help the group as a whole. And like even Jason in the, the presentation yesterday or on Tuesday was like, I'm not going to tell you who I work for. We're not here to sell anything. We're just here to give away our value package and, and be part of the group. Absolutely. And that's the Ignition Cross Industry Collective. I know Jason and a lot of other um, people from a variety of backgrounds are involved in that group. And if anyone's interested, you can check out their website, which I believe is ignitioncic.com. Ignitioncic.com. And it's run on perspective. It it's Indeed. a wonderful website. Travis did a great job. And we've added some stuff to the back end oh, really? for making it easier to manage users. And then we're now going to start adding things to the front end, like a forum and, and things to make it more of a, a portal for end users to go and, and people that are members of the collective that are not necessarily looking for tech support help, like on the inductive automation forum, but more conversational and, and make it a place people can really get value out of. So I'll give a really small plug for that. It is the, the vision is it, it's a area for end users to come together from multiple industries and collaborate. There were things that I used in water wastewater, gave away thinking nobody else would ever use this outside of water wastewater, but some other industry did and saw value and said, oh, I can adapt that to my industry. Uh, Hugh Roddy from Chobani gave away a change management platform, which was incredible. We as a small wastewater could have never afforded to develop that, but to have that and to be able to use some of that at our level was incredible. Um, along those lines, there's a lot of value bringing integrators and vendors into a platform to be able to show solutions, but no end user wants that heavy level of sales. So having that filtered. So that that has kind of become my role on the board is to manage the integrator vendor relations because of the end user background, because of that understanding. We absolutely don't want to exclude them, but we don't want it to become a, oh, this is where I can draw a customer list for potential projects. Right. So it's finding not, that balance yeah. is we're very committed to doing that as an industry collective. Yeah, it's not very salesy. And it sounds like you guys have been bringing a lot of value to the table for a variety of folks in different industries and all kinds of things. So that's that's a big pro of that group. And I had no idea you guys were working with them. Well, our cool. intent was to show what that could look like and hope that others would join, mm -hmm, join along mm -hmm. with us. Yeah, and finding a way as an integrator to contribute without always being so heavy on the sales. That sounds like a nice, happy medium mm -hmm. where people yeah, can collaborate. I, I think it works really well and is within the spirit of the group. And, you know, there are 
the charter and the code of conduct specifically says don't be salesy and pushy. And this is not a place to recruit customers or talent. It's a place to come and have a safe environment to be open and communicate and, and be a part of a community. Very cool. Well, now on to a slightly more self-promoting question, but I really am interested. Corso is known around the IA office as a company that's constantly kind of pushing the limits. I mean, there's projects that involve uh, VR headsets. You guys are working in industries and are considered ahead of the curve within those industries. Where does that motivation come from and how do you guys kind of accomplish those really ambitious, hefty projects? By empowering people, honestly, because our people are so well empowered. One of the core values that I really seek when I hire people is people that are focused on growth and, and wanting to learn. And the key thing is people who know how to learn and are very excited to learn are the people that I want to work with. And for me, the technology is I want to be on the bleeding edge of everything because I want to learn what's new and what's exciting. And like, yeah, we could go back and go to like version 7.0 and build vision clients in that. But when 7.1 comes out in eight and nine, and like, then we get up to 8.0 in perspective. Why would we not want to be on the forefront of that? It's kind of fun to be on LinkedIn or something and do a little post when we release our NCAA basketball tournament bracket on perspective the day after the beta came out. And it's like, hey, we were the first ones here. Here's our blog post on this. And like, it, it allows us to like have a little bit of fun with things and really be at the forefront of it. And it, it's really just about learning what's out there and like seeking to just know more about what exists and, and what's possible. And for me, especially with perspective, a lot of my career before that existed was doing web development because we needed mobile applications and responsive design and, and things that perspective provides that vision didn't. And now we get to do that in the, the same platform and basically just build the app that we're used to building to begin with in Ignition with all the same backend components and the scripting and everything we already know, but we get to do it in a a more interesting way that that works better for our customers and was something we were doing already, but we get to do it in a better way now. When you find motivated, diverse talent and you give them the tools to succeed and you take away their stumbling blocks, then what they build truly is limitless. We like that because it's the theme for ICC 2019. Thank you for the plug. This is kind of related to my next question. Using the perspective module, you were some of the first people who posted about it, who were talking about some of the biggest features, some of the coolest stuff, and also some of the challenge points as well, which we were really grateful for as a company. You know, we benefit a lot from that feedback loop. How has it been? What's it been like to kind of see it also evolve from a beta product to where it is now we're on our way toward 8.1? It's been interesting because when it came out as a beta, it, it definitely did what it set out to do. There were a lot of limitations up front just because we had you as a company had to say, we're going to be done building new stuff and we're going to release what we have now. And yes, it's not 100% of every feature you would ever want in a project like the the trending components weren't there to begin with. So it's how do we you know, build something for a customer that needs a trend and the trending components might be released in a couple of months, but they wanna start looking at things today. You know, we figure out a way to do that. Or with perspective, it could be, we're gonna build a module and import a web library that does trending. And now we have that tool available to support customers until something new comes out. Or we run into some bugs and we go to the forum and it's like, oh, we're not the first person to have found that one or we are (laughs) and make a post about it. And uh, 
get the workarounds and you know it, the feedback loop of getting the nightly builds to to fix things really helped and there were things that we were developing for customers that wanted to put perspective into production while it was still in beta at every single day we were able to add new features that they were asking for because of the nightly builds and even though we were like don't put this into production it's like probably going to break in a weird way that we don't know yet because it's the first you're the first person doing this or you know the first people that we have at least heard of doing things like this so it was good but it's as it's grown it's become a very powerful tool and you know i think the biggest hurdle from my perspective is the difference in the the mindset between vision and perspective from a, a development mindset like we wrote a blog post called perspective for ignition developers and it's here's here's the five or six different things that once you see what it is, it's the exact same thing you're used to in vision. It's just called something different or it's presented in a slightly different way. And once you wrap your head around that, it's like, then the possibilities are limitless with perspective. You just need to understand how to do it. That's awesome. And I'm interested, Jason, you came from a water wastewater background. So that is a much more conservative environment for building, right? What's it been like to kind of experiment with these new tools and be on more of the cutting edge? That's a great question, probably for somebody who isn't as crazy as me, because I generally was pushing nightly builds out into my wastewater plant. Um, I like to stay on the bleeding edge myself. Excellent. So it's, that part actually hasn't been much of a change for me. If anything, I've been tempered and slowed down some to know that you can't just do that in every industry. So when you own the system and it's yours to manage and you want to break it on a Friday night, you're hurting yourself. You cannot do that for a customer who's paying you. So I've actually taken a step back from my aggressiveness by going to Corsa. A little more self-control, maybe. And what exciting projects are you guys working on right now? Uh, so one exciting project that we have with Ignition um, right now that's going to utilize perspective pretty much across the board is a biodiesel refinery outside of Reno, Nevada. And it's a company that we've worked with probably for the last six or seven years and when I first started working with them, they had already bought all of the software and all the PLCs and everything went before I showed up. So there was no chance to spec anything in. And we went and built a successful project for them. And we, they went through and changed the design of their process a couple of times. So we updated things and now they're building a new facility, which is going to be the largest of its type in the world. And we finally were like, okay, we get to spec all the software. Here's all the pain points that we've experienced as a group before. Here's this software that's going to be cheaper and easier to use. And you don't have to buy a license for every computer. It's called Ignition. And they were like, will it operate the same? And will it look the same? And it was like, it will operate better and it'll look better. And it's easier to use. And here's all the benefits you get. And you know, your trending and reporting is going to be easier. We can add OEE and downtime tracking. We can deal with entering your bills of lading for material coming into the plant, material that you're sending out of the plant and, and do it all in the same interface. Whereas before we had to build four or five pieces of software and they were like, heck yeah, let's do it. Call up Shane and say, Hey Shane, can I get a quote for you know X, Y, and Z that we want to get from you? And I sent him the list price from the website already, which is one of the best features of ignition and inductive automation to begin with. Cause customers don't have to say, can you get me a quote for this? And then we have to wait on the distributor. It's just a nightmare. It's, Go to the website, go to the pricing tab. I know what my discount is. I can give you the price based on that and I'll get a quote to confirm it, but here we go. And within like 24 hours, we had a PO 
and ordered the software and we've been working on that and that'll get deployed uh, probably early next year and fingers crossed we can get it done in time for icc 2020 we'll get a good case study going yeah we want to <laughs> see that in the firebrand awards next year well thank you guys so much for being here today i wanted to ask one question to alex i've heard there is an ignition etch-a-sketch there is um so john gerback from our team you can see his firebrand video just a plug <laughs> him and i were going to a, a job site and the week before we left i had watched a youtube video um, from a maker account and he did an automated etch-a-sketch where he drew a picture on his computer and controlled some servo motors and I mean it was just like a fun thing to demonstrate how servo motors work and I thought you know we're going to be working on an ignition project at the customer site we both love ignition I like servo motors and playing with robotics so that's really fun why don't we do that ourselves so we found a project on Thingiverse for printing like the gears and things to attach to the Etch-a-Sketch. I bought some motors and some controllers. We set up an ignition client with a drawable template canvas so we could draw a picture on the screen. We used the serial module to send the data over to the controller and send the actual G-code to move the servo motors and draw the picture on the screen. And I think we, it took us a few hours to get the hardware set up and tweaked and, and managed. And I think we had the, the project actually writing to the Etch-a-Sketch in like 20 minutes. It was painless. And we drew a picture on the screen and clicked draw and it ignition controlled servo motors and robotic stuff to write a picture on the Etch-a-Sketch. It was, it was really cool. That's pretty incredible. Maybe we can get a guest spot for the Etch-a-Sketch at ICC next yeah, year. That would be fun. Maybe the Etch-a-Sketch can teach a session. Thank you so much for being here today. Do you have any final thoughts to close us out? I do. To tie back to last year's ICC and to yesterday's keynote with Steve, Ignition has, it's like been what allows me to build this company and build everything that we have with this group of people. And like, I just want to thank Steve for being back in the day and, and making this all possible for me. It's, it's amazing. I once, once in a case study offhandedly said Ignition was my engine of innovation and I see the head nods. Everybody seems to remember that and thinks it's fun. Along that kind of motor theme, it really has driven my career. I wouldn't be where I am, and I wouldn't be putting my daughter through college without. So I have to say thank you to Steve and Inductive Automation. Well, we're thankful for you guys, too, and all the hard work you put in with our product and really push it to the edge of where it can go. Alex and Jason, thank you so much for being on the podcast today, and uh, have a great rest of your ICC. Thank you. Thank you. Hey listeners, this is a quick reminder to subscribe to our podcast if you're enjoying the conversations. Also, if you have a topic or a question you'd like us to cover, or if you're interested in being a guest on a future episode, then please send your inquiries to podcast at inductiveautomation.com.